0: Welcome to our 70th episode of Two Tankers and a Cat We are your hosts, I'm Charlie
1: And this is Russell
0: Uh, Our first key point today, we're going to be talking about the main battle tank (sighs) Russ, how do you say that?
1: It's the CIO Ariete.
0: You're so, you're just so much better at Um. speaking. You know, I have a tough time with English. And the second key point we're going to be talking about today is Operation Ancient Babylon. Now, 99% of you are going to go, What is Operation Ancient Babylon? It's a really interesting, when me and Russ researched this, we were like, Both of us are like, we've got to make this our second point. Uh, But people seem to be happy that we skip the chit-chat until after the show and we get straight into the tanks. So, Russell, go ahead and start us off. Yeah,
1: the C1 Ariete, which in English stands for battering ram, is the main battle tank of the Italian army developed by CIO, which is a consortium formed by IVECO and OTO Malara. The chassis and engine were produced by Aveco, while the turret and fire control system were supplied by OTO Malara. The vehicle carries the latest optical and digital imaging and fire control systems, enabling it to fight day and night and to fire on the move. Six prototypes were developed by 1988, which were subject to intensive testing the following year during which the vehicles traveled a combined 16,000 kilometers. Deliveries were first planned for 1993, but in fact took place in 1995 due to delays. Final delivery occurred seven years later in August of 2002. The tank has a conventional layout similar to other Western main battle tanks, a driver located at the front of the hull, the fighting compartment towards the middle, and the engine compartment in the rear of the hole.
0: Okay, I'm liking the name, the battering ram. That's cool. But I need some more information, Russ. This tank is starting to sound pretty good fighting day, night, 24-hour, great opticals. Let's jump ahead and talk about the gun.
1: The Ariete's main armament is a 120 millimeter smoothbore gun designed by OTO Breda. It is similar to the Rheinmetall L44. The gun is also adapted to fire most NATO standard rounds of the same caliber. It carries 42 rounds. 15 ready rounds are stored vertically on the left side of the main gun breech. The 27 others are stowed in a hole rack to the left of the driver station. The gun barrel has a thermal insulating sleeve and a fume extractor. It is fully stabilized in both azimuth and elevation by an electro-hydraulic drive system. The secondary armament consists of a 7.62mm MG42-59 coaxial machine gun operated by the tank gunner or commander and an additional 7.62mm MG42-59 configured as an anti-aircraft weapon operated by the main gun loader from his hatch. The tank's advanced fire control system manufactured by Galileo Avionica is designated OG 14L3 terms and includes day and night panoramic capability for the commander's SP T 694 primary site, a stabilized platform including a thermal gunner's sight and a laser rangefinder to increase accuracy and expedite target detection and targeting, and a digital fire control computer which is capable of measuring wind speed, humidity, and exterior weather conditions, combining them with the turret's angle of elevation, attitude, and the barrel's physical wear to increase accuracy. This computer is also a component of the tank's navigation system and allows for the exchange of tactical information between vehicles in a network. The Ariete has a hunter-killer capability in which the commander spots and designates targets for the gunner in a 360-degree field of vision around the vehicle without changing his position or having to open the turret hatch for visual identification of targets. The commander's sight also has a vertical traverse from negative 10 degrees to positive 60 degrees from the horizontal, which allows the tank to engage low-flying airborne threats, primarily helicopters. And during night fighting, the commander and gunner both share the thermal sight, which is able to resolve a 2.3 by 2.3 meter target from a distance of 1,500 meters.
0: I'm loving the name, the battering ram. Um, I'm respecting the gun, you know. Uh, uh, The gun can fire, you know, just plain NATO rounds. Let's say the United States wasn't there, and there was an aggression attack against NATO. I'm not going to point any fingers, but there's a threat that NATO has to, you know, take care of. So Italy sends in these hunter killers, but they can use the standard NATO rounds from any country. That's amazing. The other thing that I think is so cool is that it has a 360 degree panoramic view, but it's connected with like all different other computers, you know, like a, a aerial, satellite, everything, giving its targets and identifying targets for the gunner and the commander in the tank. Even if they it's dark outside or they're not sure, all these others, instead of just firing you know, blindly at something, they can identify what it is. I'm starting to really like this tank, Russell, but uh, what's good about the protection?
1: The Ariete's armor is a steel and composite blend. The turret front shape is similar to the British Challenger 1, and the American M1 Abrams. The Ariete features two side-mounted, electronically fired GALAX grenade launchers. Each launcher consists of four 80-millimeter barrels, which can be intermixed with either smoke or chaff grenades. The smoke grenades are capable of shrouding the tank from visual or thermal detection, while the chaff grenades disperse the tank's radar cross-section. The tank is fully NBC protected.
0: You gotta love the fact that it's kicking out smoke, but it's thermal smoke that, you know, the, you know, I guess heat-seeking missiles and stuff would be thrown off. And it has the chaff that gives it a way bigger radar detection. So it's going to miss any, like, radar-guided missiles and stuff like that. This is starting to be pretty, pretty great. Tank, uh, what about the engine?
1: The Ariete is powered by a 25.8 liter turbocharged Fiat Iveco MTCA 12-cylinder diesel engine in a V configuration rated at 937 kilowatts or 1,250 horsepower at 2,300 RPM with a maximum torque of 4,615 at 1,600 RPM. Driving through a ZF LSG3000 automatic transmission with four forward gears and two reverse gears, allowing for a top cruising speed of 65 kilometers an hour and a 0 to 32 kilometers per hour acceleration in six seconds. The computer-controlled transmission allows it to climb grades rated at up to 60% and can forward waterways up to 1.25 meters on the fly. The entire engine and transmission assembly can be replaced in under one hour. The Ariete's independent suspension system consists of 14 torsion bars with suspension arms, 10 hydraulic shock absorbers installed on road wheels number one, two, three, six, and seven, and 14 friction dampers.
0: Nice. That's awesome. I mean, the Italians love great, you know, race cars and stuff like that. And they've put, you know, this tank, what would you say it goes, what, 32, 37? Uh, Kilometers in uh, an hour and six seconds, 32. And uh, 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 that's quick.
1: (laughs) It is. But what
0: what is so funny is how we've talked over and over about how great the M4 Sherman was because you could replace it in the field or the transmission in the field, you know, in about an hour. These guys have learned how to replace the entire transmission, get it up and running in under one hour. So I'm loving the engine and transmission. Uh, We jumped ahead because I got all excited and everything. Tell us about its history.
1: During the first years of adoption, the Ariete main battle tank showed some deficiencies regarding the power plant. While the original V12, 1,250 horsepower Fiat Iveco modular turbocharged aftercooler was a coupling of two of the V6 engines used by several Italian Army vehicles, such as the Centauro Tank Destroyer and the Dardo IFV. It produced less power than the most advanced contemporary Western designs. The Ariete's engine had to run at a high RPM to perform well, thus reducing the operating time between failures. Moreover, to retain a good power-to-weight ratio, The total weight of the tank had to be kept below 60 tons. The relatively light weight of the Ariete helped lower consumption and facilitated the transport and mobility of the main battle tank, especially over bridges. This was obtained partially at the expense of the thickness of the armor that, only partially compensated by the good ballistic shape of the vehicle, raised some doubt about its ability to survive in the harshest environments. As an improvement, IVECO developed a new version of the MTCA engine. The stroke has lengthened, increasing displacement to 30 liters with a new common rail direct fuel injection system along a new double turbocharger, increasing power output to 1,200 kilowatts or 1,600 horsepower at 1,800 RPM, maintained from 1,100 to 1,800 RPM to reduce damage to the transmission and further reducing fuel consumption. The new engine had to be adopted during the first general revision of the existing vehicles, but seems to have been blocked by technical and financial problems. As for the armor, Otto Molara developed two different sets with different thickness levels and depends upon the mission nature of Objunctive Armor, shown for the first time at Euro Satori 2002.
0: Let's give the Italians some proper respect. They put this main battle tank through. Intensive tests, you know, like you were talking, uh, sixteen thousand kilometers or whatever worth of testing, and they saw where the thing was lacking and needed improvements, along with like the technology that was, you know, always occurring. And uh, what the t- Italians do, they they fixed it. You know, they actually went to the guys in the field. They went to the, you know, drivers and commanders and and they talked to them and they got the engineers on the same thing. And they said, this is where the engine's having problems. And and sometimes we're going to need, you know, to be up at high elevations or lower elevations. And we're going to need more armor and then we're going to need less armor. And they sat down and they did it. You know, that's pretty amazing.
1: In the early 2000s, the Italian army was interested in developing a new version of Ariete. The C-2 Ariete or Ariete Mark II designations were considered, which would enter service over the following years with the planned acquisition of 300 units. The budget limitations drastically reduced the number of improved Ariete, order reduced to 200, and eventually caused the subsequent cancellation of the program. The planned improvements were therefore to be applied to the C-1 Ariete During the future major revisions, the Ariete PSO is a variant of the Ariete that had an armor package that made it more useful in combat. The improvements consisted of two add-on composite armor kits were provided. The Peace Support Operation or PSO side armor package used by the C1 Ariete during the Operation Ancient Babylon in Iraq and the War add-on armor package. That, which consisted of the turret front and the frontal third of the hull sponsons, and the latter was mounted on a C1 Ariete displayed at Eurosatory 2002. It also had an engine upgrade, which was acquisition of a new 1600 horsepower Iveco engine. Also had new improved laser warning receiver, new electric turret drive, which was safer than the hydraulic turret drive. It also improved the CPU for the Marconi cosmo mp501 and an integrated sakona battlefield management system
0: they're knowing this tank is going to be their main battle tank on into the future so they've got different versions which is really great but they saw that they needed some improvement like we have our uh, tag equipment uh, tactical acquisition gun or whatever it is and that's just looks like a gun, but it just shoots a little bitty laser and it marks the tank and an airplane can lock on it from miles away. You can't even hear the jet. And the last thing you hear is, you know, the, you know, laser guided missile hitting your tank. Well, now these guys know when they're being painted with a laser, they're like, well, something they can actually follow using this, uh, uh, battlefield management system they can see where the laser is coming from and they can send machine gun fire or actual cannon fire at that spot. So, okay, I wanna jump to the second point of uh, Operation Ancient Babylon, but let me hear the stats on this tank, Russ, before I give it a thumbs up.
1: The mass of the tank is 54 tons. The total length is 9.52 meters or 31.2 feet. The width of the tank is 3.61 meters or 11.8 feet wide. The height of the tank is 2.45 meters or eight foot high. It has a crew of four. The armor consists of the steel and composite armor. The main armament is the 120 millimeter OTO Breda L44 smoothbore gun. And they have 42 rounds on board with 50 ready rounds in the turret basket. With additional 27 rounds in the whole rack.
0: That'll get you through a quick battle.
1: Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah, it will. 42 rounds is quite a few.
0: Especially if you've got 15, you know, ready rounds in the Oh, yeah.
1: Basket. Ready to go, yeah. The secondary armament consists of the 762 millimeter mg MG42-59 coaxial machine gun and the 762 millimeter mg MG42-59 anti-aircraft machine gun. With a total of about 2,500 rounds for these machine guns. The engine consists of the Fiat MTCA 12V diesel, 25.8 liter engine.
0: How many horsepower does that engine kick out?
1: It kicks out about 1,270 horsepower. A lot of horsepower compared to the old days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I keep thinking back to like the FT, you know, 70. Oh, I
1: know, yeah.
0: You know, they had wood wheels. (laughs) Yeah, barely
1: crawled along the ground. Yeah, The power to weight ratio is 17.5 kilowatts per ton or 23.5 horsepower per ton. Suspension consists of a torsion bar suspension system. Ground clearance of 0.44 meters or 1.4 feet has an operational range of 600 kilometers or 370 miles and a maximum speed of 65 kilometers per hour or 40 miles per hour. The maneuverability on a gradient is about 60% gradient, a side slope of about 30%. It has a vertical step of one meter or can maneuver across a trench at three meters, can ford water at 1.2 meters, or it can ford water with the water gear preparation at 2.1 to four meters deep. So it
0: can almost be a submarine tank. Oh,
1: wow. That's crazy. Be interesting to see what their water gear preparation is.
0: More advanced than we, you know, the oh, old I, days. Yeah,
1: exactly. The snorkel for the M4.
0: <laughs> I just remember when uh, Craig Moore sent us a picture of the M4 Sherman that had the inflatable raft around it. Oh, I know. For like it's... D-Day and they, they were they put a little uh uh propeller on the back of the tank and it's floating through. I'm like I-, I think I want this Italian tank. I'm sold. I like this battering ram, battering ram tank. Uh, So, for our Italian listeners, you can proudly say two tankers and a cat says that your main battle tank kicks uh, butt. Yeah. (laughs) I keep forgetting this is a PG 13 show. Uh, Congrats. Uh, Now, talking about Italians, Russ, tell us about the Italian heroics of the Operation Ancient Babylon and, uh, you know, Basically, our second point today.
1: Well, Charlie, I'd I'd love to go into the second point, but uh, Lightning thinks she's got to be in my way right now. So
0: I forgot to tell everybody. Uh, actually, I'm up in Kansas City, Missouri, and Russell's still down in uh, Labette County. So I don't have the wonderful world of uh, Lightning the Cat sticking it. Butt in my face. Oh, I know. So you get that all alone now, buddy.
1: Yeah. She's still kicking. She she takes a lot more naps these days, but she's still kicking. Good, good. But anyway, to our second point, April 15th, 2003, the chambers, through the approval of resolutions, authorized the government to carry out a military mission in Iraq called Ancient Babylon for humanitarian purposes. Parliamentary authorization intervened even before the adoption of Resolution 1483 and in a phase in which the difficulty of control of the territory by the occupying authorities and the Iraq authorities had not yet clearly emerged. The Italian mission began on July 15, 2003 and is a military operation for the purposes of peacekeeping, maintenance, and safeguarding of peace, which has the following objectives reconstruction of the iraqi security sector through assistance for training and equipment of forces at central and local level both in the context of nato and bilaterally creation and maintenance of the necessary security framework competition for the restoration of public infrastructures and the reactivation of essential services radiological and biological and chemical measurements and competition for public order which included military police airport management contest, competition for reclamation activities with the use of the dog component, support for ORHA activities, and control of the territory and the fight against crime.
0: You know, it's sad, but once again, uh, America uh, in world news uh, failed to report the tragedies that were going on in the Italian sector. If it wasn't for the Italians, it really would have been a nightmare up there. Um, so Russell and I, when we heard about this, m- maybe our friends in the EU and other countries know about ancient Babylon, but I'm telling you that the American media never said anything about what the Italians were doing and how they were saving lives. But, uh, go ahead, Russell.
1: No, at the time I don't recall either hearing anything in the news at all. Following the November 12th, 2003 attack on the. Maestrale base, the situation in Nasiria of the Italian peace contingent changed. They began to make itself present in the pro- province of Daikwar, an act not acceptable to the various hostile factions operating in the area. In the case of the faction of Muqtada al Sadar and his army of the Mahdi, a group believed to be mainly involved in the attack on the Carabinari, Mostrale Base. At 4 a.m. on June 4, 2004, the Italian land contingent, or three companies of the 11th Persaglieri Regiment, the Regiment Savoia Calaveria, the Ariate Armor Brigade, left the White Horse Complex to go to guard the access bridges to Nasaria, Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie. The units that were involved in this clash fought for 18 hours, the longest firefight that involved Italians since the Second World War, which is why the 11th Bersaglieri Regiment received the war cross for military valor for the maneuvers carried out on the three bridges in those days of the ancient Babylon 3 mission. See, this is a perfect
0: example of the modern Italian army. They have to go into battle. While being held to the utmost professionalism to protect and ensure innocent civilians, being used as shields, you know, Russ, these guys got the their what do you call it the military valor or the war cross for military valor, yeah, and we were sitting there watching the evening news and we never heard. About an 18-hour battle, the longest firefight that involved the Italians, like you said, since Second World War, we never heard di- anything about this.
1: No. Truly incredible that we didn't, too.
0: And these guys are having to fight and push back, and they have to be careful of civilians and everything.
1: In Nasaria, a few months after the attack on November 12, 2003, from April 6 to the end of May 2004, several battles took place between the Italian troops and the Mahdi army. The Italian military were engaged in the city in several clashes in which over 30,000 bullets were fired to control three bridges that allowed the passage of the river. In Italy, they were known generically as the Battle of the Bridges of Nassaria, even if we refer to three different episodes with clashes between hundreds of Italian soldiers on one side and similar or higher numbers of militiamen on the other. In particular, in the second battle that took place on the night of April 6th, about 500 Italian soldiers and a 1,000 militiamen were employed The objective was originally made up of all three bridges, but given the gathering of women and children among the militiamen on the third bridge, the Italians did not take any action to cross it, remaining to guard only one bank.
0: See, there. Hats off to those heroes. Me and Russ have a little bit of insight into this. Uh, It's tough. It's very, very tough to be in a fight for your, your life, your personal life, and your fellow soldiers, or in our case, fellow officers, and stop to worry about civilians. Let me tell you, there are soldiers in various countries that wouldn't give a second thought about women and children. They'd smoke them. And we all know what countries we're talking about. They'll just open up on, you know, women and children. And the Italians knew if they went across that third bridge... They were going to have women and children dying. And they said, no, we'll just stay here and continue to let these guys shoot at them. Uh, please go on, Russ.
1: For the Portopia operation, various companies from different departments were engaged, including a heavy armored squadron of the Centario del Savoia cavalry. During the fight, the Italian military were also targeted with portable anti tank rockets, of which About 400 were counted, to which they responded with about 30,000 shots of small arms and some missiles, as well as some shots of the Centario armored vehicles. Italian observers noted how the militiamen had taken several ambulances from hospitals and used them to transport ammunition to their outposts.
0: You might hear the anger in my voice, but stealing ambulances and hiding In them and getting your ammunition up there, acting like you're, you know, transporting wounded or something. That's chicken, chicken poop. I keep forgetting the kids are listening, Uh, (laughs) you know, the third bridge. You know what, Russ? I'm a little upset. Why don't you just
1: read? The third battle took place from August 5th to, to the 6th on the three bridges over the Euphrates named Alpha Bravo and Charlie to restore access to the city by supplies for their citizenship, forbidden by militiamen. The action was entrusted to a reinforced tactical group of the task force called Serenissima. On the Italian side, thermal visors and illuminating grenades were used to precisely identify the starting points of the enemy shots in full residential areas and therefore with risk for the population, together with two Mongusta helicopters that from above provided information and protection. The battles led to the loss and the retreat of the Mahdi army from the city.
0: Amazing professionalism and restraint by the Italians. The best numbers I could research was there were 3,200 Italian soldiers facing off against 70,000 uh, Mahdi army uh, men or militiamen. Uh, with casualties, on the Italian side being 36, uh, well, 36 casualties. And on the Mahadid uh, side, there were 5,000 casualties. There's the Italian government, you know, trying to help these people. They go in with professionalism. The Italian government provided great armor, um, uh, on-site Technology, you know, battle, computerized battle things on the map, marking, you know, where they were shooting rockets or they were shooting guns, which reduced their casualties to 36. And, you know, they don't care. They did, they, they kept losing people. Out of 70,000 guy, guys, they've lost 5,000. Well, Russell, another great episode. And I, again, I want to tell our listeners, if you have a, an Italian friend, tell them we said hats off, you know, especially if they served in, in this, in this battle or this operation.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, again, I I'm sorry. I got mad. It's just, everybody says battles tough, but the day I have to put a woman and children or women and children in front of me and hide in a, an ambulance, you know, I, I think I'd, you know, just pull the pin on the grenade and in myself well that brings us to the episode but i want to uh give a shout out to tank Encyclopedia, and uh where you can look up some more uh, about the italian modern uh, italian tanks give them you know the props that they deserve russell you were going to talk about tanks in the news
1: yeah we're going to talk about uh some current tanks in the news
0: so we're going to chit chat now so the episode's basically over if you want to jump go ahead you don't have to listen to Couple of old cops sit here and talk about everything in the future. <laughs> but uh, everybody that else is sticking, let's talk about t- tanks in the news. What are yeah. We, what, are we, what are we talking about today?
1: We're going to talk about something that's pretty interesting. It's kind of everything ongoing over around uh, China and Taiwan in that area. Man. <laughs> Be careful what you say, Russell. Oh, I know. This particular article that I found, it's titled, Taiwan has a master plan to save its tanks from a Chinese attack. It comes from the 1945.com website, and it was published September 8th of 2021. And this particular article was written by Peter Sikui. The Taiwanese army is stepping up its efforts to ensure that that its latest tanks could survive a potential conflict if the island nation were to face an invasion. Part of these preparations includes building bunkers for its tank force. In its 2022 budget, the Army Command reported that it plans to carry out the construction project over a four-year period beginning next year. It is estimated to cost uh, $3.32 U.S. dollars according to a report from Taiwan News, which also stated that the bunkers would provide storage space for the tanks while also providing protection for the Taiwan's tank force during wartime in addition to ensuring troop readiness. In 2019, the U.S. State Department greenlit the sale of 108 M1A2T Abrams tanks, also Along with that uh, transaction was some Stinger missiles and related equipment to the island nation in a deal worth approximately $2.2 billion. This proposed sale of M1A2 tanks will contribute to the modernization of the recipient's main battle tank fleet, enhancing its ability to meet current and future regional threats and to strengthen its homeland defense. These tanks will contribute to the recipient's goal of updating its military capability while further enhancing interoperability with the United States and other partners. The recipient will have no difficulty absorbing this equipment into its armed forces. At the time the deal was finalized, Taiwan's army chief had told legislators that the U.S.-made tanks were superior to the counterparts used by neighboring countries, including China, Japan, and South Korea, and one of the advantages that the M1A2T offered was that it would operate with a different number of fuels, including U.S. military-grade jet fuel. However, it has been reported that Taiwan would more likely follow the lead of Saudi Arabia and employ diesel fuel. The Abrams main battle tank, which first entered service with the U.S. military in the early 80s, is also noted for its enhanced armor protection, which can withstand nuclear, biological, and chemical attacks. The particular Abrams tanks, that uh, Taiwan is buying. They're a variant of the M1A2 SEP V2 versions, which are specially customized for the Taiwanese Army requirements. These main battle tanks are equipped with a series of enhancements, including increased electrical power, a new auxiliary power unit, and an ammunition data link for smart shells with reprogrammable fuses. The Abrams reportedly will replace in two battalions, some of the Taiwanese Army's aging M60A3 and CM11 tanks. Can you believe that they're actually using Yeah, the M60A3s? Mm-hmm. You, I think there's still a lot of armies that are using them, to be honest with you.
0: Have you looked up uh, what a CM11 tank is?
1: I have not, no.
0: But uh, it's a patent.
1: Holy cow.
0: The old M48 patents.
1: Incredible. While the government in Taipei is preparing accordingly for the new tanks, its counterpart in Beijing has already objected to the deal. We are severely concerned about the U.S.'s move, Chinese foreign minister spokesman said. We are firmly against U.S. arms sales to Taiwan. We urge the U.S. to see the high sensitivity and severe harms of sales to Taiwan. And the article goes on to say that uh, in addition to building bunkers for the tanks, which should begin to arrive in 2024. The Taiwanese Army also has plans to expand its tank training grounds. This could include an extended sub-caliber shooting range, a tank maintenance depot, and even a tank driving training area at its Armor Training Command. The tank training ground project is expected to begin construction later this year and should be completed by
0: 2023. Okay, um, I'm calm-er. But, you know, we've gotten some messages uh, from fans, some to my personal email. I know you've gotten some personal messages from your uh, on your account, uh, from fans and stuff like that or listeners. This is my interpretation. Okay, I am not saying this is going to be a fact. I am not saying this is going to be absolutely true in the EU. Your countries like France and Germany and a lot of the others, you know, like Italy, they are seeing the possibility of a war breaking out in Eastern Europe. And they are looking at the possibility that the United States wouldn't have a very big impact or be sending how we used to do, you know, way back in the day. You know, we had American bases everywhere, we're closing bases We're closing Air Force bases. We're, we're, you know, basically pulling out. The EU community is starting to work together, you know, and, and NATO's getting more involved than just whatever the Americans say. They're actually starting to build up and link their forces. Even though there's so many different languages, they can still use the computer formats and the technology, and send divisions or military personnels wherever they need to, in the East, if there was aggression. The United Nations has always said that Taiwan belonged to China. Even Great Britain, you know, that had uh, Hong Kong for, what, 100 years or whatever, it, you know, is slowly transitioning back. Now, my personal thought is, You know what? It's been a hundred years. Leave these guys alone. If they don't want to be part of your country, don't make them part of your country. You know, it'd be like if we went in and tried to uh, um, make Canada, you know, a state. And, and, you know, you can't do that because the Canadians don't want that. You know, they'd actually fight. Let's say if there was aggression. I think the Vietnamese uh, in the South China would be very upset about aggression of any type in, in around their area and uh vietnam has you know agreements with india um they've always been allies and you know we've talked in depth about india and china having problems
1: oh yeah they still are today i seen something in the news the other day that they're still having war games up there on the border so yeah
0: yeah but Like I was saying, Vietnam and India have always been tight. And if India or or Vietnam gets involved, either one of them are going to get involved.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be all of of Asia, more than likely.
0: And and then, of course, if that gets involved, North Korea is going to get involved. Oh, yeah. And if South Korea and North Korea, well, that's going to tie up Japan. It, it, it's going to be a mess. It's just going to be really bad. And I'm yeah. I'm positive that the Chinese knows that, you know, the North Koreans couldn't hold very long against the, the South Koreans and, and the J- Japanese Defense Force moving across with military, you know, U.S. military support. And, you know, then they're looking at, you know, North Korea falling. So it's going to be a lot of trouble. It, it They would have more problems going after it now on the other side let's just say you know china's going in to take taiwan digging deeper or putting some cement on top isn't going to save your tanks
1: no not with the bunkers no
0: we've already proved that in iraq and everything else we we were blowing right through those things i I don't care how much cement you put on if you're going to put you know, 70 million or $9 million worth of cement on top of your aging tanks, you know, don't do that. You know, nah. find a way where you know that the tanks aren't going to get hit because the enemy has air superiority. Cause we've already proved over and over. If you have air superiority, you're, 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 you're done. If I can see you from space and I can see you from a high altitude, I can smoke you you know th- that's it yeah and, and these tanks and stuff that we we're talking about that have anti aircraft capability we're talking about attack helicopters that that are coming up and, and being old stop we're not talking about you know some stealth fighter bomber whatever we've got or w- whatever they have you know dropping a bomb or, or a guided missile and, and destroying you know, a tank or, you know, laying cluster bombs all over everybody. You know, I, I'm just, I just hope that they can work everything out as a, you know, civilized countries can, you know, let, let's not end this up in a shooting war because if it, if China says we're going to take it, it's going to be a mess. You know, then you're talking about um, all the countries around The Southeast Asia and India and United States and Japan. Oh, talking to which, talking about tanks and the thing. You know, have you done, have you read anything about the uh, Japanese super heavy tank?
1: No, I have not.
0: (laughs) I just started uh, checking into this uh, new Japanese tank. And this is not a slam against the Japanese. You know, we love you guys. But uh, their tank, this new tank that they've got is so heavy that they can't take it across their bridges. (laughs)
1: Oh no. Yeah, it's like
0: on one part of their island, just like oh. and it's only like eighty percent of the bridges. <laughs> so oh. they're having to keep that there. And I'm like, Well, should have learned that from the Germans.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: But you know, like we were going back to that Italian tank, they made that light. That thing can go across all the bridges down there, you know, within reason. I'm not talking about yeah. you know a foot bridge or anything like that. Sure. But they made sure they they can get across their rivers and stuff.
1: Yeah, and that should be one of the requirements. And, uh, learning from history, I mean,
0: hey. And, and don't get me wrong, this Japanese uh, super heavy tank the, it's like brand new, dude. It, it's it's awesome looking and it's great. <laughs> you know, the the only thing it, I'm waiting for it to do is like to transform into a robot or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, just hey,
1: you never know. It might.
0: You know what? I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised coming out of Japan. So and have tentacles. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I keep forgetting this is a PG-13 show. Um, let's go ahead and give out some shout-outs.
1: Yeah, we want to give a big shout-out to our buddy out there in New Zealand, good old Tony. We heard out of him for the first time in a long time here a few days ago and just wanted to say, hey, Tony, uh, glad everything's still going all right over there and glad to hear from you again.
0: Well, I actually uh, did some research on New Zealand, and they had a... Uh, guy that was like paid by New Zealand for like 30 years and was like their wizard, <laughs> you know, like Gandalf and, and they fired the poor guy. <laughs> so I sent that to, <laughs> sent that to Donnie, but, uh, do you want to hear something really creepy? Uh, I stalked his Facebook page. Oh no. Yeah, you know what? He, he's, he's a solid looking dude. Hey. So, you know, congrats to that, but. You want to hear something really creepy? What's that? His wife. He's a lucky man.
1: Hey, what? Does she have a rolling pin in her hand, ready to?
0: <laughs> she will might show up and say, <laughs> "Hey, hey, uh, what did you say about him being a lucky man? Are you trying to flirt?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. You know what? See. I'm just gonna lower my head. You go to you go to town. <laughs> give Tony a couple whacks. So yeah, <laughs> I'm dead. You know. But yeah, uh, yeah, she's she's very attractive."
1: Oh, yeah. We also want to uh, not leave out our patrons um, through patreon.com. Uh, I want to shout out first to Jake Ozaki and Kim and Eric Shear. Thank you guys for continuing to support our show.
0: And Antonio Barnetta, or is it Barnetta? Bernarda. Bernarda. I'm, he's, <laughs> you know, when I get up there, you know, he's going to punch me in the face.
1: Hey, and I'll give him all... You'll hold me. All, all room. All you hold you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, and Russ, <laughs> my best friend. Here, let me hold it. Yeah, okay. And then we have
1: Alejandro
0: Martinez. Yeah. Yep. And of course, Bjorn, Ben, mad shout outs to you, ODS, Theron, um, and my personal buddy, Rick Schmidt.
1: Ricky. He's the man. He is.
0: So that's Patreon. We did a shout out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for a knock on the back door. Tony's wife come up in there and hit me in the face. Now
1: I so you know what I'll buy her the rolling pin if we ever get down that way. I'll buy her the rolling pin if she don't have if, one.
0: If and, we get down there, I'll let her. She deserves <laughs> it. It's been what years now then
1: she's. I know,
0: but we are gonna get down there.
1: Oh, we will.
0: You got what another year or so before you retire? I've got
1: about another year or so, and then we'll see where it's at and. I don't know. They've been giving me a couple raises here and there to get us to stick around. and I don't know. You, you know what? I, I, <laughs> it ain't worth it though. <laughs>
0: uh, well, see, that's the weird thing about Kansas retirement. Yeah. It goes off your last three years. I so the know. more you make, the yeah. more you, you know, you'll get in your retirement.
1: Your retirement check. Yeah.
0: So yeah, if I could have, you know, done one more year and, you know, had a big raise, but we were never going to get a raise. So I was like, no, no, even after all this craziness. And I'm glad I got out when I did.
1: Oh, I hear you. Yep. See,
0: keeping the chit chat for the end of the show is a good thing.
1: It is. It really is.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's the end of the episode. And this is Charlie.
1: And this is Russell. As always, happy tanking and have a great week.